0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast. I am about to get a little bit vulnerable, and I'm also about to discuss a topic that I've spent so much time talking to clients about this, and and it's been one that's been really impactful for them, and so that's why I wanted to share it with you. And it's also quite pertinent as the holidays, if you're listening to this in real time, the holidays are upon us. Actually, upon us. I think yesterday was the first day of Hanukkah, which I should have known because I am Jewish, but I uh, rely on other people to tell me when Jewish holidays are. So happy Hanukkah. Anyways, <laughs> I have been reflecting recently on connection and self worth and how it affects our relationship with our bodies and ultimately the way that we eat. And really, the self worth consideration and topic has been one that's sort of been in my mind for a while. It's been marinating there, but it came up recently in a client session the other day where we started discussing where self-worth comes from. And for this client, she identified that her, a lot of her self-worth comes from achievement and living up to expectations, whether those are expectations she puts on herself or expectations that she feels like others put on her. And what that leads to for her is some pretty negative feelings about her body, a lot of not feeling good enough, and a big struggle to keep up motivation when it's not related to something that is very concrete and measurable, something like fat loss, for example. And so it got me thinking, it sort of brought to the surface this thought about my own self-worth and how my self-worth has shifted over time and how I was able to make those changes for myself. Because for the longest time, so I have this thing where I ask people a lot, like, what's your biggest insecurity? And my biggest insecurity for so much of my life was that I just thought people didn't like me. I even thought at one point that I was autistic because I struggled to connect with people. And I thought, well, there must be something wrong with me. And honestly, my biggest fear was being left out or being forgotten about. And I believed for most of my life that if I could just look a certain way, if my weight would just be at the right weight, if my body looked a certain way, if I was just pretty enough, if I could be one of the pretty girls, then my problems would be solved. People would like me more. I'd have more dates. I'd be more accepted socially. I'd finally find a partner. All of these like thoughts that We sort of know like this isn't logically true, but we are emotional beings. We are not logical beings. And so I do want to do a whole episode on self-worth and what it can look like to shift your relationship with it. But I don't want to go too deep down the rabbit hole right now because I do want to give myself a little bit more time to sort of like formulate and really do a bit of research and all of that stuff. But I did read a quote years back that said, my body is the least interesting thing about me. And that for me was like a light bulb. That was a kickoff for me to be like, oh, wow, okay. So I am not going to be this happy, accepted, loved person just because my body looks a certain way. Like I need to be, I need to work on me, right? And so that was the kickoff for me letting go of dieting, learning how to practice unconditional permission to eat. And starting to build better relationships with myself and others, which the reason I'm talking about this is because I'm sort of reflecting a lot right now on how good I feel in my relationship and how much I enjoy myself now, which is like almost mind-blowing to think about. And it started out as a process to regain my period after years of not having a cycle and it totally snowballed into something so much bigger that ended up changing my life. So if you want to hear more about this, we do talk about it on the Be Well Cartel podcast with my friends Holly and Olivia, Uh, but a lot of this stuff was tied up in my beliefs about my body. And the funny part is now I feel sexier, I feel more at home in my body, I feel more comfortable with myself than probably ever in my entire life. And it has less to do with what I look like than literally ever. And more to do with how I treat myself, how I, communicate my, how I communicate with others, and how I choose to spend more time, my time. And so the crazy thing is, is like, yes, my appearance, it's not that my appearance all of a sudden isn't important, but it's that as a result of doing those other things, I appreciate my appearance more. Even though like it, ha- like I don't, I, it's not like I magically all of a sudden like got better looking, right? It's just the way that I feel about myself is different. And so as I said, I want to let this marinate a bit, but we are going to come back to this conversation. I promise. And if you have questions or comments for me, send me an email, send me a DM. You can find that in the show notes. I freaking love getting messages and questions from you and hearing like, hey, I really like this episode or I have a question about this. Like, I freaking love that. So today's podcast content is around a while back, I asked some ex-clients what stuck with them the most about the coaching process with me. And I had more people than I expected bring up this one specific thing. And that is that the the idea that you don't necessarily enjoy food more when you eat more food. You enjoy food more when you enjoy it more. And this came about, you know, I, I work with clients that struggle with with different things, right? Mainly The clients that I work with are struggling with finding that middle ground between I want to be a healthy eater, but I also want to enjoy eating and enjoy my life and not stress so much about food. And so I work with clients that kind of are on either end of the spectrum. Either they're like, I have no structure around how I eat and it's just sort of like chaos. So how do I bring myself to the middle or people that are like I have so much structure and so much guilt and so many rules around food that I can't just let go and be normal around food. So I help people find that middle ground. And often when I work with clients, they'll kind of justify their overeating or they'll justify their really quick eating or mindless eating by saying like, "Well, I just love food too much." And the reason that they can't keep, you know, like Oreos or ice cream or chips or whatever at home is because Uh, they love food too much. They might also describe themselves as foodies with this underlying belief that like, since I'm a foodie, I can't leave food on my plate. I have to take advantage of everything on my plate. And I totally get this. I fucking love food. I fucking love it. And I thought for so long that the reason I overate or the reason I couldn't control myself around certain foods was because I just love them too much. And I also thought that the reason I couldn't get myself to slow down, I couldn't get myself to stop eating when I was full was because food was just too damn good. And so, fast forward to now, I still love food, but a packet of my favorite cookies will take me weeks to finish. And a recent client came to me and she had this fear. She was like, I love food. I've been tracking macros for years, and I feel like if I don't do that, My love for food is going to get the better of me and I'm not going to be able to keep my body looking the way that it is. I'm going to eat too much, et cetera, et cetera. And we were able to get her to stop tracking, reestablish hunger and fullness cues, practice mindful eating skills. And she told me she just went on a recent trip to Europe and she was like, you know what? One day I got this gelato in Italy and I had a couple of bites and I was like, you know what? I'm satisfied. That wasn't really as good as I thought it was going to be. Like it was fine. And she just threw it away. And she was like, I, my mind was blown. I never thought I could do that. I have another client who she would have a blueberry muffin, muffin every single morning and she was like, I love it so much. I can't not have this blueberry muffin every day. And she's now at a point where she'll get one occasionally but not every day. And she's like, I enjoy it so much more now because I'm actually enjoying it rather than it just being the habit of, oh, I love this muffin so I'm going to get it, right? And so how is this possible? So there's two things, two big things. One is giving up restriction as your go-to and building mindful eating skills. And then there's also a third one. There is a third one that is really important and that is eating nourishing and tasty food on a regular basis, right? And nourishing and tasty food is not just food that you're like, this is super healthy. It is food that supports your physical health and food that supports your mental and emotional health. And It sounds kind of simple, right? Like, oh, just don't restrict and eat mindfully and eat nourishing and tasty food. It's simple, like it's three things, but there is so much under the surface and that's why it does take work and that's why it's frustrating, especially if your belief, your like go-to belief is I can't trust myself around food because I just love food too much. And so in group coaching, so in my group coaching course, The Confident Eater, That is based around getting you to practice these three things on a regular basis and feel confident and comfortable doing them. It's your guide to becoming a mindful eater so you can stop obsessing over what you put in your mouth and find the balance between treat yourself and healthy eating. And you can find out more in the show notes. I'm going to be opening enrollment for that January 10th, 2023, so pretty soon. And... Pretty much all of my content is focused around giving up restriction, eating mindfully, and eating nourishing food on a regular basis. So we're not going to focus there today. You have so many podcast episodes that go into all different components of that. But where we are going to focus is this belief of, I love food too much to eat in moderation, especially around the holiday season. But how can we break that belief down and how can we shift it so it doesn't mean always overeating? How can we shift it so that we can actually eat for more enjoyment rather than trying to eat more to find more enjoyment? Does, does that make sense? I think, I think you get me. I hope you get me. And I want to acknowledge that the holiday season is challenging as fuck. For many of us, this is the time of year when we're like, oh my gosh, all of these foods that I don't get to eat throughout the rest of the year or all of these foods that have some sort of like memory or emotion associated with him are available. And maybe it's a cookie that some family member always brings. Maybe it's a type of chocolate that's only available around the, type of, around the holidays or a dish that you have at every holiday meal. Or maybe it's just like an abundance of food being around that's not normally there. And maybe it's all of these things, a combination of all of them. And the holidays are a great time to lean into I love food so that's why I overeat because we also have this mindset of like oh and then come January I'll just get my shit back together, right? And so unless the part that you love about food is like the methodical hand-to-mouth motion or you actually really like being uncomfortably full, enjoying food more is about engaging with flavors, textures, and tastes and it's about the experience of eating the food, including the setting, the ambiance, the company, the whole experience of it. And I'll give you an example of something that I think I've used this before, but I think it's a really helpful example. One Christmas, my dad and I were with some family friends, and the matriarch of the family had made these incredible brownies. And she made a lot of them. And over the course of a couple days, I ate so many brownies, I was genuinely sick to my stomach. I thought at the time, I was like, they're just so good. I just love these brownies so much. And I felt really freaking guilty afterwards, like so guilty. But then fast forward to the next year and the next year, same situation, tons of brownies around, same same exact brownies. But the next year, I had already put in a lot of work on, around mindful eating habits. I'd made the, the intentional decision to stop dieting. And so when those same brownies were on offer and I could have eaten as many as I wanted, I think I had probably like two or three brownies over the course of a couple days. And so what what changed? In the first brownie situation, brownies were something that I never let myself have. They were a special food. They were something that in my head I was like, I can't control myself around them. And in my head, when I saw those brownies come out, I was already like, oh yeah, I'm going to super overdo it on those. I'm going to really struggle to control myself. And in the second situation, yeah, I had been looking forward to them all year thinking, ooh, I wonder if she's going to have those brownies again. But when I sat down and actually ate one of the brownies, instead of shoving it in my mouth in two to three bites, like thinking about, oh, I'm so excited to eat this, I actually got a plate, chose which brownie I want, I sat down, and I paid attention to the tastes and textures and smells and the experience of it. And yeah, it was good, but it wasn't as good as I had built it up in my head to be. And by the last bite, I was like, okay, I'm cool. Like, I'll get another one later if I want it. And I didn't need to grab another brownie to search for that first bite taste again. And I think in the episode, I think it's episode 50, I talk about the difference between wanting food and liking food. And this is a really important concept for this discussion. And the reason is, is we often get really excited about thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to eat all these Christmas cookies or I can't wait for XYZ meal. And the anticipation of it all gets in the way of actually being present to the experience of enjoying the thing. And it's the difference between taking a bite of something and truly tasting it and eating something thinking about, oh my gosh, I'm so excited I got to eat this thing, and then just going for another bite or finishing off your plate or whatever that is. And in the context of the holidays, we do want to be clear, like food is a lot more visible and present and on offer than it is at other times of the year. And so for someone who identifies as like, I really love food, and that tends to be sort of your main focus, it does take more effort to pay attention to how and what you're choosing to eat. And if you're someone who manages to keep yourself, quote quote unquote, on track all year long, the holidays might feel like a long test of your willpower. And I want to talk about a few ways to manage this and also reflect on why this feels like such a struggle, but also I want you to enjoy the fuck out of the things that you eat this, this season because that's important. And so how do you use the concept of I enjoy food when I enjoy it more, not necessarily when I eat more food? And so first, we have to reflect and understand what's going on here. I love food, so that's why I eat too much of it. Seems like it makes sense on the surface. But let's think of like a food journalist, a food critic, or you that that person that you know that like will like take a bite of something and they'll be like, mmm, mmm, like make super weird noises. They're really in the process of enjoying the food, right? Like a food journalist is like their job is to literally like experience food. But Often those are also the people that maybe don't finish their plates or people that are like, oh no thanks, like I've had enough. But if you're like me, if you're like I used to be, I would be like, well I really love food and that means I have a second stomach for dessert or I can't finish eating until everything is off my plate and I've gone back for seconds of the things that I really liked. If you're like me, you're like that person that had a slice of pie, you're like, oh no, give me a small one. But then you spend the next three hours sneaking back for tiny slivers of it, and each time you're like, oh no, I shouldn't do this, but I can't resist. So let's do a little bit of reflection, a little bit of guided self-reflection. And I want to be clear, there is nothing wrong with occasional overeating, and it's a totally normal thing to do. Even the most mindful eaters overeat. But if overeating is a common occurrence, a habit, or something that always happens in certain situations, we want to get curious about why. So if you can, if you're in a situation where you can, get out a piece of paper and a pen, note on your phone. If you can't, you might want to come back to this later. And I want you to ask yourself, what does it feel like to eat too much? What does it feel like physically? What does it feel like mentally? And what are the circumstances that usually lead to that overeating? What are the thoughts that come up before? Maybe it's like anticipatory thoughts. What are the thoughts that come up during like, oh my gosh, I need to finish all of this? What do you think about or tell yourself after? Maybe you're like, oh, God, like I have no self-control. I shouldn't have done that. And there are a couple things that I've identified that kind of play into the struggle, a couple beliefs or situations. And you might overeat because of restrictive patterns with food. And so when you have an abundance of food in front of you, you kind of rebel against those own restrictions and then you maybe justify it. It was like, oh, well, you know, it's only a once in a while thing. Like usually I'm, I'm quite under control. And it might be because you're really distracted when you eat or you're in that like wanting versus liking and without realizing it, you've, end up, you've ended up way too full either because you just haven't paid attention or because you're constantly seeking that like first bite taste. It might be because you struggle to say no or feel uncomfortable with social pressure and in social situations, you kind of feel like, well, if I'm someone that loves food, then that means I need to eat a lot of food. It's a socially acceptable thing to do, Right? Or maybe it's because you're simply trying to take advantage of what's in front of you. In your head, like I said before, like someone that loves food is someone who also eats a lot of food and doesn't ever waste food. And this is a big one because our beliefs around food waste can really get in the way when we're trying to understand what it means to enjoy food more without necessarily enjoying more of it. And so if you've considered these situations, considered like what might describe you, Consider what's within your control within these situations. What can you change? For example, you can't control people that are like, hey, do you want seconds? Like, aren't you going to finish that? But you can practice saying no. You can practice setting boundaries. You might not be able to control that there is an abundance of food over this holiday season, but you can start nourishing yourself adequately outside of those meals. So you're not skipping breakfast, just eating salad for lunch, and then making it to dinner being like, well, now is my opportunity to eat all the food I really love, right? And when I work through clients in coaching, we will walk through this process and understand what are the self-talk patterns, what are the beliefs that are involved, and also how the all-or-nothing mindset kind of keeps us from moving past these situations. Because it might seem like, oh, well, it's just easier to keep myself from overeating by just controlling what food is around me most of the time. The happy medium is the tough part, but we want to be able to approach these situations like holidays are going to happen every year for literally the rest of our lives, Right? So let's get curious. What is it about the I love food so that's why I overeat belief? How is that keeping you from respecting hunger and fullness, enjoying the fuck out of what you're eating, and also being able to identify when you need to set a boundary or when it's appropriate for you to leave food on your plate? And so in the context of the holidays when food is more abundant and this might be more of a struggle than in other moments – we're not going to be, from now to like Christmas, which is not very long, you're not going to be making these like giant changes, but you can start with a few simple shifts, right? And I'm going to share with you a little bit more about group coaching and why that might be a great option for you afterwards, but I want to do kind of a rapid fire actionable tip section for this podcast. And so tip number one, and this is like in caps lock, pause. Because we are often rushing around, you move way too quickly for your mind to catch up, and during the holidays you might be eating even more without actually noticing what or when you're eating. A chocolate there, a handful of nuts, another glass of wine. If nothing else, shifting from someone that is like, I overeat because I love food and because I can't control myself, shifting from that to a mindful eater, it starts with practicing a pause. Use that space to take a deep breath. Choose what your next move is going to be. And that can be the first step to getting to know yourself in this context a little bit differently. Number two, check yourself talk. That can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. You might tell yourself like, oh no, I know I'm going to overdo it. I always overdo it. Yep, that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Number three, sit down when you eat. Sit down. That is one way to help you be more present. Number four, taste your food. Like really taste it. Like try to identify the different flavors in the things that you eat. Move food out of your eyesight if you need to. It can be helpful. Like let's say you're just sitting around in the kitchen and there's food out and you're like feel like you're distracted by it. Like you can put that away or cover it or just put it somewhere out of your eyeline and that can be really helpful. You can remind yourself, please remind yourself you can have more later and pause before you do so that you can check in with yourself. It's also okay if you don't finish everything on your plate, even if it might trigger that like thought of like, ooh, this is wasteful. I want you to ask yourself, is it helping me to eat all of this food just because I'm worried about waste? Or is it an opportunity for me to challenge this like I'm being wasteful thought? Or maybe even ask yourself, can I serve myself less food so I don't end up wasting as much? Number eight is to practice saying no. I promise you it's less awkward than you think. and. I know I owe you guys a boundaries episode. I know that's true. Number nine is if it's not as good as you thought it would be, you do not have to finish it. You really don't. You can choose like, oh, nope, thought this was going to be good, and it's not, so I'm just going to leave it. And then the last thing I want to encourage you to do is to forgive yourself if you do overeat, but also get curious about why it happened. So forgiving yourself and getting curious is like, oh, okay, I'm not a bad person because this happens. There's nothing wrong with me. But I'm curious as to what led into this situation. Like, is this a pattern? Is this a one-off thing? What can I do to change that for the next time? And I also want to encourage you to drop the it's okay, I'll get back on track in January thoughts. You might already be planning on how you're going to get yourself back on the quote-unquote wagon in January or how you're going to lose the extra holiday pounds or whatever that is. And I would, I would ask you, like, isn't that just a setup for you to end up in the same position next year? Holidays, family meals, parties, events with tasty food, they're going to be a part of life forever, hopefully. Hopefully you're going to have, like, an awesome social life where you do get to do a lot of this stuff. And so that means that allowing these events or these situations to be part of your quote unquote track instead of it being something that is off track is necessary It means that excusing overeating or feeling out of control around food because of these events is just going to perpetuate the on-again, off-again cycle and the feeling that like, oh, well, I have to control myself around food because I always go nuts when there's an abundance of food around. And this means that building in flexibility on purpose and creating trust in your hunger and fullness and your ability to enjoy food fully – Without having to hop back on a diet or cut out foods to keep yourself on track is so important. It's why I'm opening up the Confident Eater as an alternative to the January, gotta get back on track diet season. It's a way to engage the motivation that you have at the beginning of the year, but towards creating a more consistent, compassionate, and flexible approach to how you eat so that events like these don't include stress. They don't make you feel like you aren't in charge of how you eat or how much you eat. And if you want a taste of some of the habits that we are going to talk about in in TCE, you can sign up for the free Mindful Eating mini course and I highly recommend joining this if you haven't before the holidays hit or if you've done it before. It's so helpful to do a refresher. You're going to learn three Really amazing habits to make eating feel easier in this mini course, but I'm going to ask you specifically to focus on just one habit for the holidays. And you might be like, well, why one when I can do three? Because there's a lot going on right now. And trying to focus on three or even more is going to mean that you're not going to do any of them. So go right now, click on the show notes, sign up for the Mindful Eating mini course. You can also find it if if you follow me on Instagram, you can find that in my Instagram bio. So go now. But don't stop listening yet. Sorry. You can also add your name to the interest list for the Confident Eater through the show notes. And I'll send you a little bit more info about what the Confident Eater looks like and what you'll experience through and after the program. And also, if your name is on that list, you're going to get $100 off of enrollment when I open up spots uh, on January 10th. And so, TCE has a curriculum that's going to walk you step by step towards becoming a mindful eater, identifying beliefs and thought patterns that hold you back around food, improving your self-talk and helping you enjoy food more without having to decide between healthy eating or treat yourself. And a few things you're going to be able to do once you go through TCE or even as you're going through TCE is to have cookies on a table in front of you and like have a couple and then just kind of like forget about them and move on instead of being like, oh my god the cookies are in front of me. You're going to, if a friend brings you a treat, you can eat it or not eat it without being like, oh shit, my friend just ruined my good day of eating. You're going to be more flexible with yourself when it comes to training and not feel like you need to eat less because you're not exercising as much and feel comfortable eating to nourish your body. You're going to be able to buy your favorite chocolates, have one or two or a couple and then not consistently think about them. You're going to be able to have that stuff in your house and just be chill about it. And if you do have fat loss goals for the new year, I want you to consider that a restrictive mindset around food leads to the the on-the-wagon, off-the-wagon cycle, and it ends up making the whole process, especially maintenance, harder. It makes it harder, like you might see results from being restrictive in your approach to food, but how hard is it to maintain the results from that restrictive cycle, right? And so if you enjoyed the podcast, I'm going to wrap it up now. Share it with someone you think could use these tips for the holidays and take a moment to leave me a rating. Please, 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 please. It's a free two-second way to help other people find these episodes. And I will see you next week. I want to have a conversation next week around gratitude and how to approach it without this like typical like just write three things down you're grateful for every day. Even though that, that can be cool. Sometimes that kind of feels like BS. Um, I will be heading to England to spend time with my dad, grandma, brother, and my brother's partner for the holidays. I'm so excited to see them. Very grateful for that. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I will see you again with another episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast.